Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Monday. Hope everyone had a fantabulous weekend. Speaking of fantabulous, hey, Jax, how you doing? I'm doing okay. As you can hear, I'm a little sick. So apologies in advance for sounding so nasally. Don't know what the other option is. No, um, it's just that time of year. We were speaking about it last week. It's coming for everyone and it's come for your neck. Yeah, it's been a few days of like a really slow rollout where I'm teetering on being sick sick. So far, I just have like throat pain a little bit, sneezy. Today, I have a headache too. But like, I don't have full-blown sickness yet, so I'm just sort of waiting. I mean, I did stave it off as long as I could with an amazing chicken noodle soup yesterday that I made from scratch. I saw. I didn't even have broth, so I had to like make the soup with water. It was so good, so nourishing. My boys were soup boys yesterday. We were a soup house. It was Well, you know what? You need to keep up that energy, keep drinking your soup, because this is the final week of toast for the year 2022. And we need Jax at her best. We need her at her most unhinged. I'll do my best. I'm doing my best. That's all I can say. But I mean, I'm going to be drinking a lot of soup. That's all I'll say. A lot of soup. Final episode of the year. Are you feeling nostalgic? No. How about you? No, you know what? Actually, I feel like it takes me a really long time to get to this place um, because like content is my job and people are always talking about burnout and it's like, you put up one video, relax. I actually am now officially getting burnt out and that's not a feeling I really have because like I have endless energy and endless things to talk to my girly about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm definitely getting burnt out, which is like not something I'm really like a, a feeling I get a lot. I feel like people overuse that term. Yeah, we never use it. Uh, We plan about two proper vacations each year. We didn't do one this year, though. So this is the only one of 2022. And like any every time we have a vacation coming up, it is like so necessary. Not only are we like excited to vacate, but we have run ourselves dry. So I feel like after this week, we will be in that place. And we just need like the two weeks off to miss each other, miss celebrities, miss talking. Like when it's I go also- on vacation, I'm I'm going mute. Like I'm a mime. I'm not speaking. When I'm on break, I will not be putting on one stitch of makeup. My eyelashes are literally falling off. But it's the burnout, but it's also, we've had like a huge Q4, you know? We had our Dear Media move. We had my special, the end of tour. Like, it's just been a lot, you know? So I feel feel, um, excited for the break. And I know that like when we come back, we're just going to have like a renewed energy. And I think until the end of the week, it's going to be like classic unhinged behavior from us, you know, delirious girlies. 
Yeah. Also, end of year content is always so fun to really look back and reflect on the year. I feel like I haven't done that yet. One, on the year in general. Two, on the year like personally for us. Three, on the year professionally, the year in toast. I feel like this is the week where we do that. So when you said like, are you emotional? Like, no, not yet. Because I really hadn't thought about the fact that it was our last week yet. But now Mm. we'll do so. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Are you going to miss 2022? Yeah, I feel like my life operates in a a series of good years and bad years. That's how I like look at life. Um, And this was a very good year, which means a bad year is upon me. So I don't know if that's next year. Um, I hope not. But I do know I have a bad year coming my way. I guess so. I don't know. I I was the one who started that theory in like... But I do feel like this year kind of broke the mold because I always thought like our odd years were good and our even years were bad. But this was a good even year. Yeah, no, I'm not so sure it's about even odd. I just think that's life. Like I think life, you have good years and you have bad years. Right, but it's not supposed to be every other year. No, no, no. So I'm saying it might not even be next year. That's my bad year. But a bad year is on the horizon for sure. Okay, well, enjoy this one while you've got it. Enjoy the good times. Let the good times roll. It's been a fabulous year, and I'm just going to very much exist here for now. That's great. Well, we have a great show for you guys. Oh, my God, do we? There's so much content to talk about. I know Claudia and I both watched Harry and Meghan. It's the first story. Like, really, it's the only story. Then there's more TV news. Claudia watched White Lotus season finale. She will be recapping and discussing her thoughts. I watched a new episode of Yellowstone and last week's episode two. We'll be recapping my thoughts. Claudia is on season four of Yellowstone, so we need to get an update from McClurdia. Claudia mm-hmm. also watched Sex Lives of College Girls. I did. I did. Literally the best show on TV. Like, you cannot tell me otherwise. I'm really excited to watch. I actually have so much on my content plate. I need to write it down because this always happens to me. My plate runneth over and then I forget everything. So here are the things that I want to watch. They're pretty varied, honestly. Sex Lives of College Girls, obviously. Sex Lives. Next. Have you heard of this show about the Fleischmans? Yes, on Hulu. Yeah. My friends were talking about it at dinner. They said it's so good and that we would love it. Okay. Then I need to watch Wednesday. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch that. It's really not my um, genre. Like, it's not my style. I don't like stuff like that. Like, I know, scary but you know what? Sending shivers think, down your spine. I think that it is objectively amazing. And mm. I want to watch something really good that everybody is loving. Like, you know, breaking records. And I feel like I could get into it. You know, I that's not my genre either. But when it's good, it's good. Yeah. So the, I have yeah. four big shows to watch. Watch out, world. Wow, just a couple of big girls and their big shows. Maybe I'll watch it this week while I'm sick. While I'm sick. I'm so sick. Um, You're so sickening. And speaking of sickening, today's episode is going to be fabulous. Back remote studio. I have to say, there's nothing better than being together. But I kind of love our remote setup. Like, I don't know, the headphones and like the way I look. Like, I look so fat and ugly when we record together. And when we record separate, like I'm literally a model. Yeah, I don't mind it either, and I feel as close to my girl as ever. Plus, you're literally coming here in 10 minutes. So I know. The crazy thing is, is enjoy like the time Harry, apart, honestly. You and Harry got out of Dodge, and I didn't even come to say bye, because I know I'm going to see you in like two days. Um, 
like I, I FaceTime Harry now. I'm like, I don't even feel sad. Yeah. You know? It's going to be so fun to see you. And yeah. I just, I, I can't also believe. Use a trip, I, I could use a trip to the, uh, to the south. Yeah, Some for sun. your vacation. You got to start vacating. It's supposed to snow today. That's exciting. Soup day. I know. Or chili well, day. Well, it's now, it's now a full year of when I said I would see the snow by Christmas and mm. another Christmas is coming and I will not see the snow. It's like two years. It's like, a, no, I'm saying it's a year since I've said that last. Yeah. So you, I think you should honestly like give up on your dreams. <sighs> not you encouraging me to give up. Yeah, because if you're, if you're not going to achieve your dreams, I think it's better to give up. That's like what they say. Don't quit your day job. Like live in reality and don't constantly like mourn the loss of something that's not going to happen. Jesus Christ. I'm not mourning the loss. I brought it up <laughs> once. I'll never bring it up again. And I didn't stop living. I didn't stop staying in my apartment. Okay. No, but, but I do feel like at a certain point, maybe it was a year ago where you decided to keep blooming where you're planted and you're like, I'm not going to keep I did. chasing after this apartment that doesn't exist. I did. And that's a good feeling. And then you loved your apartment again. You had a little refresh. You got the wallpaper. You have my beautiful art. Yeah, no, but it's, there's still no sunlight and not a cloud in in sight, you know? It's good. It's never cloudy in Claudia's apartment. No, that's true. Yesterday, I um, did not move from my bed. I was, I had the longest week of my life. I did not move. I think the first time I went outside was four o'clock to walk Theo and I was shook to find out it's been raining the whole day. That's like a crazy feeling when you literally like everyone in the world, well, everyone in the state knows that it's raining and you don't. How did that make you feel? It definitely made me feel like a degenerate. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But it's not your fault. It was... It had degenerative behavior. In the words of Claudia Ashai, you were merely a victim of circumstance. I was merely a victim of <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> By the way, let's talk about your sweatshirt. Anybody because else on the planet want to know what the fuck the bar is and why everyone's wearing this $200 sweatshirt? So are you just like looking at me because I'm just looking like so sickening and cool with my the bar sweatshirt. I'm just like an influencer except that I paid for it. Yeah, no, can somebody explain? They're like okay. cool, but they're cool. First of all, you, let what me tell you bar? my journey to the bar. So the bar is a brand by at Bridget. She's an influencer and, and that's her brand. And her brand like okay. makes these sweatshirts that say the bar, but they also make like dresses and, and real clothes. It's like a clothing company. It's a clothing company, but these sweatshirts have really gone viral. And I think Bridget like sent them to all of her influencer friends and and just like influencers in general. And they like made them cool. But I also was getting this feeling and and I'm not one of those people, by the way, I fully purchased them. Yeah, let's talk about how much did you pay for the bar? So there was a sale. There was a sale Buy three, get the fourth free. So I was buying two for myself because I found two colors that I liked. But I was like, if I buy just one more, then I've doubled my order. So I I, sh- I need to look. They were all on sale. It really wasn't crazy. It was like 200 something dollars for four sweatshirts. I gave one to Olivia. Oh my God. I thought you were going to say 200 something dollars for a sweatshirt. I'm no. like, you've officially lost your goddamn mind. Total. I gave one to Olivia because I was like, if I get a fourth, I'll give it to her. Mm-hmm. I was going to like, you know, leave one in your room for when you were here because you should my theory about these sweatshirts is like there's something like magical about the way that they fit that was what I was thinking before I bought it you know how you're always looking for the perfect crew neck I personally think like our merch crew necks are amazing but I was like I still am on the quest for like the perfect crew neck sometimes I don't want to wear it like if I'm traveling or something like I don't want to 
wear my own brand for whatever reason. It's like obnoxious. Safety concerns. Safety concerns. So um, I just was getting this feeling like this sweatshirt was like magic fit. Now, I'm not sure if it's a magic fit or it just looks nice because I ordered them all in size extra large. I didn't even realize that I did that. I, I want them oversized, but I could have done a large. They probably right. didn't have a lot of sizes. So I got four extra large sweatshirts. So, of course, they're oversized and look awesome. This one's been washed already, so it's a little bit smaller. But I do think there's something special about these sweatshirts. Now, I'm just curious about what bar. What is the bar? Oh, sorry. It's the bar. That's the bar. That's what I said. Yeah. So it's the bar. If you're asking me if I know what the fuck that is, no. I mean, how is what you just said different than what I just said? No, it's the same thing. Just about how you say oh, it. The bar. Yeah. What did I say? No, <laughs> that's what you said. Uh, I'm just okay. like, I was like um, fucking with you. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but like, what does that mean is, was my question. I don't know. I think we have to have Bridget on the toast to explain uh, what. Actually, I don't think we need to have this Bridget. She didn't send us sweatshirts it's when clearly so every influencer true. got them. It's like, please, so I'll, I'll continue. I'll continue to shop at showmeyourmoomoo.com, okay? Because they send me free things, you know? I'll continue to shop at shopchamel.com or shopthetoast.com. Yeah. Shop Anyways. To, no, our new, Jackie, we don't even know our new website. It's toastmerch.com. Anyways, I I fell for for it. I was influenced by everyone and I like it. And now they're the sweatshirts that don't fit in my closet because I don't have room. So they're the ones that sit oh out. Oh my God. They're the ones that- That is the most relatable thing you've ever fucking said. Like they're the ones that sit out on the bench at the end of my bed. So it's the one Mine I'm go on my windowsill. Yeah. And I, ha- I don't have like a chair yet or a couch in my room. But once I do, like it's game over. A chaise lounge. So it is a nice sweatshirt. Like I would recommend it. I did get them on sale. So I I feel good about that. Yeah. But she's got a nice thing going on the bar. Fabulous. Fabulous. And I'll take more, even though I have four. <laughs> I went from being someone who had zero to someone who had four. Um, well, I had a kind of traumatizing um, experience this morning. You know, my favorite flowers in the world are lilies. And no, Brian I didn't had know said that. Me, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. I love the smell. I don't even like the way they look so much. I love the way they make your house smell. So I was at Brian's house and he had lilies. And I was like, oh my God, I love these lilies. I love the way they smell. And then for the, my special, I'm sorry, am I boring you? Blowing my oh. nose off camera. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, and whatever. listening so, still. You're special. When I you had want my lilies. special, Brian sent lilies to my house and was like, good luck. And then today I was like, I really want to take good care of them. So I was cleaning and watering. And I forgot that those little shits inside the lily will stain the fuck out of anything you own. So my they favorite will. sweatshirt that I'm wearing right now, I got big yellow piss stains on it. I'm so mad. I'm, I'm, s- I'm going in with my hydrogen peroxide. Doesn't work. Yeah. You those- can, that's like the one, it's like those, it's like one of the five things in the world that will not remove. Like, well, that yeah. will stain permanently. I'm so annoyed. If only Billy Mays thought of that. Justice, rest in peace, Billy Mays. Rest in peace. Well, I love your sweatshirt. You're looking like a proud American. And I'm looking know, like what? a proud influencer. <laughs> oh, my God. We are literally like American influencers today. American influencers. If that ain't us. No, that's like that TikTok sound. You know what my pronouns are? Proud American. That's fucking you today. That's you know what my pronouns today. are? Proud influencer. (laughs) No, the bar. (laughs) My pronouns are the bar. And you know what? I will respect that. 
and I will respect yours. We've got a great show. There's just so much to dive into. I feel like we're dilly-dallying. Like everyone's like, shut up and start talking about Harry and Meghan. And I just want to say, I'm ready to shock the world with my Harry and Meghan take. Because you know me. And like, I'm trying to be better. But like, I am an absolute hater to my core. Like, I will hate everything about like things that people love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was ready to go in and like nitpick the shit out of it. But when I tell you, um, I really, I got carried away by their love story. Like I really did. Like, I don't know what they were bought, what they were selling, but I was buying everything. Like I, I just, I didn't see that. I didn't see that for myself. Yeah. I think people might be surprised by some of my thoughts too, actually. And I'm surprised by other people's thoughts because for the most part, the reaction that I've been seeing is like, oh my God, Harry and Meghan are so fake. Like I liked them before, but like people have really been reacting negatively to it and and to them specifically. And I'm like, wow, I'm always like thinking that they're so fake, but I was like, no. Yeah, it was like opposite day. Okay, let's get into it. Without further ado, for the fifth to last time this week, here are the fast five stories that you need to know. Today's episode is brought to you by PayPal Honey. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes this holiday season is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones that it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button will drop down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. You can add Honey to your iPhone now too. Just enable it on your Safari and you can find savings on the go. I have had tremendous success with Honey. I have saved money on makeup, on electronics, on food, on clothing, literally everything. Most of the places that I love to shop work with Honey and it's so fabulous and it's so easy. Um, and the fact that you can now download it on your iPhone too is stunning and so easy. If you don't already have Honey, you are straight up missing out on holiday deals. It is that time of year where we're all doing our last minute shopping. A lot of it is being done online, on your phone, on the go. And so if you're just not downloading the browser extension from Honey, you're just wasting time, money, and everyone's energy. And I don't think you want to be that person. So go get Honey, and we have a link where you can get it for free. It's free, installs in just a few seconds. By getting it, you're doing yourself a solid. We would never recommend something we don't use. We've been using Honey for years before they started sponsoring the show. Um, and you can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash toast. That's joinhoney.com slash T-O-A-S-T, joinhoney.com slash toast. Today's episode is also sponsored by Thuma. Thuma, Thuma, Thuma. Let me be your Thuma. Thuma, Thuma, Thuma. Let me be your Thuma. Your bedroom deserves a refresh and now is the perfect time to elevate the most important room in your home with Thuma. Introducing the Bed by Thuma. It's handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality upcycled wood. You'll find beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain. The minimalist design features Japanese joinery, and it helps elevate any space. It's super supportive for your mattress, it's breathable, and it's made to naturally minimize noise and create space. The perfect platform bed just got even better. You can now customize the bed by choosing between the original pillow board and the new solid wood headboard. The fabric pillow board adds softness, it adds color to any space, while the headboard offers solid, sleek support. The headboard attaches directly to the bed using Japanese joinery with no tools required. You can buy it with the bed or on its own as an upgrade. Okay, so 
Thuma beds arrive in three easy to maneuver boxes. The way that they're set up, it's Japanese joinery. It will take you five minutes. Actually, you will not have to divorce your partner. You'll have a gorgeous bed and you will maintain a love and respect for your partner that normally doesn't happen when setting up bedroom furniture. Along with the bed, Thuma offers other bedroom essentials to elevate bedtime. The mattress, they have the nightstand, the side table, and they're all perfect complements to the bed. Jackie's guest room in her house has the bed. I have slept in it multiple times, as has the Snatchler. And if it's Snatchler approved, it's pretty much good. I've taken a nap in there. It's right next to the studio. It's pretty much good enough for any old American, you know? Mm. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. Now go to thuma.co slash toast to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. Go to thuma.co slash toast. That's T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash toast for a $25 credit. Thank you, McClurdial. You're welcome. Okay, our first story Prince, so the new trailer for part two of Harry and Meghan has dropped and the pull quote is okay. Harry saying the that they, you know, the palace, quote, were happy to lie to protect my brother, but weren't willing to tell the truth to protect us. Ooh, well, that's interesting because I think and maybe why a lot of people didn't like the documentary is because they didn't really go after the family at all in the first one. Like the only time they really even mentioned them was when she was talking about how I'm a hugger. And I didn't even think that was that damaging because that actually is, I think, like I can totally see that being like a like a reason why they all got off on the wrong foot like Megan being like classically American and British people being very put off by that British people are very put off by like American emotional like distress I don't think that's cause I think that's like a relatable story that she shared but I don't think that's cause for getting off the wrong foot I don't think that they would be offended that she tried to hug them I think it's just like an awkward stilted moment but not like a grave insult by any means and just like actually what I could see, I could see, like, I feel like this happens all the time. Like, I could see, like, members of the royal family kind of looking down on her for being, like, that that type. And then her growing resentful that they looked, like, I think it could be the starting point of, like, a negative relationship. Not over a hug. I really, really don't think so. No, and not a hug, but, like, a general sentiment. Like, that's how she was. She said, I'm, like, very American. Okay. Well, anyways, the first three episodes of the show dropped it goes all the way up until the wedding and I had so many thoughts overall I enjoyed it much more than I thought that I would I found them to be more likable than I've ever found them to be yes before there were a, a, a few inconsistencies and things that are a bit hypocritical like I feel like even one the fact that there's a show at all you know like of course when she first said like when they say why are you doing this and she said when the stakes are so high doesn't it make sense to come from us I'm like yeah that's why you guys did Oprah like what's right what's this then you know yeah no Um, that's fair but I think the biggest takeaway from the first three episodes is how in love they are how much of a love match this is but I think anyone would have had to think that they were that in love to begin with because you don't cut yourself off from like go through this so many people that you love for someone that you're not sure about like I think that they you have to be so in love to do what they did and 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 feel so dependent and um trusting of your partner for yes for me like my takeaway was like oh my god they're so in love and it's not like cringe like it's actual like love but also like for me I was left with like this deep sadness that it didn't work out because when they showed, and there wasn't a lot of footage for what, from when Megan was like a working royal when they had gotten engaged and she did the walkabouts and stuff. I feel like 
it sucks that it didn't work out because I feel like she was exactly what the family needed and she was very good at it. And I know she said she was like putting on a face and I did find it shocking how like there wasn't this like introductory course into how be, how to be a royal. Like they don't sit you down and tell you what to do. Like they just throw you in there. Um, and I found that interesting. But overall, I was just like, damn, like this could have worked out if it did. And it would have been so good for everyone. Yeah, I thought Harry said it best when he was like, in, you know, deciding to be with Megan, like I chose with my heart. And then in seeing her... You know, uh, and the way that she is, like I also chose with my head because she's perfect for the role. So the way I'm left feeling after watching the first three episodes is this girl's perfect for this situation. What could go yeah, wrong? Yeah. No, totally. Like she was what they needed. She's so that type, like, you know, um, nice. Like, and just like, she has this way about her. And that was like really one of my takeaways. Like, obviously she's a beautiful woman, but like, honestly, seeing like all these pictures of her and like, uh, like she's literally like the most beautiful woman in the world. And it's so crazy because she was like a low level actress yeah. and she was still like the most beautiful woman in the world. And like now that she's a princess, like we all see it, but like, you know what I mean? Like you would think like someone that's striking, you know, getting on TV, like they would have blown up into like this A-list and she really like she wasn't. And she even said like, I don't even like acting. Yeah. I mean, maybe if she had continued with suits and then whatever was after suits, like maybe she would have eventually gotten there. But at the time that she started dating Harry, she's just like this cable actress. actress. I thought what was so interesting and felt really true was that the biggest hurdle the family had in her actress. being the one for Harry was that she was an actress. And I feel like I, I, I see that. And I feel like we all felt that it's like, there's something like so taboo to about tacky. No, about, tacky. And, and about n not even acting in general. Cause I feel like if she was on Broadway, it would have been different. Like there's something so tacky about mm -hmm. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. No, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, but I also think like her role as an actress and her ability to act is a strength in this role. Like sometimes you're doing a walkabout and you don't want to fucking be there and you've got to play the part. And I think having an acting background isn't the worst place to come from. I completely agree. Um, and so when we just saw all that footage, I was like, damn, like I don't even remember that time. I feel like it all happened so fast. I don't remember the time when she was like, like a working royal. Like I really don't remember. No, especially um, because I wasn't invested in the royal family until like midway through their relationship because I hadn't watched The Crown yet. Like when they got engaged, mm -hmm. I did not know that they were dating. I did not, I never watched Suits. I don't think I knew who she was. I did not know who she was either, but like I was, they were like, oh, she's a girl from Suits. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I knew what Suits was. Because Olivia likes Suits. A Margot and Olivia love it. Yeah. So all, that was all really interesting. Um, one of the other things that I loved was learning about the early days of their relationship. Because to me, I woke up one morning and they were engaged. But to them, yeah. they had a year and a half relationship beforehand. So it's like, how do you start a relationship with someone who's so high profile? Where do you go? How do you keep it under the radar? How do you actually get to know each other? I feel like that trip to Botswana was so, like that makes or breaks a relationship. And for the any relationship, royal or not, if you know someone for one month and you go away for them in a situation where you're sleeping in a tent together and like not showering, like, is there a toothbrush? Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, I was thinking about that nowhere too. There's to run and hide. And if you still love each other at the end of that trip, like you will be together for a very long time. Agreed. I found the logistics to be incredibly interesting. And like, 
how really Megan was the one who had to make it work because like Harry couldn't just like fly around. Megan was like relatively unknown. She could fly on commercial flights and like go see him. I found the logistics of it to be incredibly interesting. And I also found it interesting how like, I don't know why, but I just assumed like these people didn't have iPhones. Yeah. But like the way they had like so many pictures and videos, even from the engagement, like I don't know why I felt like they operated in like a totally wireless, like cut off from the world. Like even Harry saying he found her on Instagram, like he has his own like private page. Snapchat. I found that to be shocking. I found it to be shocking. I agree. It was a Snapchat filter. And that's what I was saying when we got the first trailer. Like we're already seeing all these pictures of them like in normal people's situations. And we never see like, we never see, you know, William with the Snapchat doggy filter on. Though I'm sure like it exists. And Uh it's really, it's like seeing a fish out of water. It's, it's, It's crazy to see them in such normal contexts. You know what? Somebody, not somebody, I, I did see people like being very put off by the fact that they had like video footage from the moment they left, like during the exit. Um, and I definitely was like, oh, that's so weird that like your first instinct would be to film something. Um, and they addressed, they were like, a friend of ours suggested we started a video diary because like this is, you know, a major moment and it's something we would want to remember. But that definitely made me like, Mm, you know yeah that's Mm. sus especially I don't think we've seen the footage yet from that moment we saw a little bit and what we saw was like not worth recording like him sitting in the airport being like it's go time and then her sitting in Canada just like being in distress and not saying anything can I tell you how like people are really saying like that they came off so poorly and you know what I actually think I agree that Harry came off poorly like Harry kind of sucks does anybody else agree like he's like kind of a weenie and he's like a little mean like I don't know when Megan talks she's like sitting there like laughing like <laughs> like being cute and funny he's just like staring at her oh I didn't feel that way I've never I just he- felt like uh. I've never heard him speak for this length of time and so I actually it's not surprising but he is like pr- really well spoken because he's really well yeah. educated and I just like assume he's a doofus but no, he can speak for himself. And I, he's just like so enamored with his wife. Like, even though I guess he doesn't find her as funny as she finds herself, but like, he's so, so respectful towards her. Like, I don't know. He like, I didn't really like him. Like I just, but you know what? I did really respect and appreciate how they talked about the Nazi thing. Yeah. I mean, they have to. Because nobody talks about that. No, I didn't even think that they had to. Like, I think they could have gotten away with it. No, not if they were wanted oh, to I talk so heavily like about racism. Racism. Yeah, and you're right. That would you're just right, be fucking right. weird. Totally. I guess they were trying to show he's like been, you know, reformed. his image like yeah, reformed. Thank you for the word. Yeah. Um so you and I were speaking about this last night and actually after we spoke about it, I was like, "Oh my god, she's totally right." That and you can verbalize it better than me, but like it really felt like for the short time period of time that they were working royals and they were like this dynamic duo they were actually making a difference like oh so uh, yeah that's what so much of the first three parts was about like their dedication to service and charity and how that's what they are driven by and like it was just like the selena documentary like i act so that i can spend a month in kenya giving back and i and that's also what brought harry and megan together like it's such a big part of who they are And then, so I was watching some of the stuff they did as working royals. And then we also see some of the stuff that they're doing now as like former working royals. And they, I think they would have made such more of a a much bigger difference if they stayed 
in the royal family. Like there's so many opportunities to do service and like your presence to people means so much. Like watching them as defunct royals go to like a, an American air aviation base in New base. Jersey to go and talk to like, I don't know, what was it? 20 people who wanted to show up and talk to them and everyone's wearing masks. Like it was so painful. And it's like, who are these people who are just coming to our base to talk to us? Like he served right. in the UK. Like she, like they are just regular people. Like could Citizens. I, could I walk into that base and expect some sort of special treatment? Everyone wants to talk to me. Like every time they no. do something now, I'm like, who cares? Why you? Why no, are you there? You're you're so right. And like, I guess they probably know that, you know, they would have had more of an impact staying. And for whatever reasons, they they didn't do that. But you're right. Like watching the footage of their their work here in America, it felt like it paled in comparison to like the actual impact like that footage of them going to the memorial service for the black man who was killed by like a gang of five white guys like that was like actually impactful and that was really moving and I think the documentary did an amazing job of like really explaining like how big of a deal that was yes. and how much of an impact it made on like the UK black community and I just felt like that's huge and like that's why her being there was like so historic and like so meaningful to so many people and and I'm sure we'll find out soon why they couldn't. But like I, part of me, my takeaway from the documentary was like, I wish they stuck it out. Oh, that's been, that's my takeaway so far, especially since we haven't really seen things go, go south yet. Even she talked about their, her first Christmas at Sandringham and she said it was amazing, mm -hmm. period. Like there was nothing except else. For, no, except for no. that woman who wore the brooch. But Megan didn't say anything about that in the documentary. I, oh. I don't recall her. Like they, they talked about it. They had other people talking about it. They had like the media yeah. clips and the tweets, but we never heard from Megan. Like I had the most amazing time at Sandringham. And then I saw that like, and, and how did that, and what happened? How did that make Harry her feel? Harry said something. Yeah. What was the response like within the family? Like, did Megan feel like that? What was her interaction with that woman? Had she noticed it while she was there? Did she feel like that woman was Oh, by the way, you're totally right. They like left that. What, what happened inside? I don't know. They didn't tell us. Like, Who the oh, fuck was that woman too? You know, some some lady, some irrelevant, ugly. Yeah. Oh my god, that was. By the way, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, overall, I felt like the documentary did a really fantastic job of explaining because we're always hearing about like British media, the British tabloids, and honestly, I feel like it's kind of silly because from my American POV, like we don't respect tabloids. Like that's like shit we read in the airport while we're on the toilet. Like it doesn't actually like change people's hearts and minds. It's not a part of the zeitgeist anymore. I think for a while it was. Um, so I feel like the documentary actually did an amazing job of explaining like how the British media operates, like what their role in the culture is and like why they're so influential. And I found that to be really helpful because I feel like when it comes to the Royals, we're always like the media, the media, the media. And it's just like this like throwaway thing. But I do feel like the documentary did a good job of explaining how it's different than in American culture. Like it's really a part of the zeitgeist in Britain. Yeah. But then I also feel like, like yes. And, and that's always something that we've said. It's like, who cares about the tabloids? But then so much of it was like um, the media being awful. And it's like, well, the like even here, like the media is awful and they are awful to people. Mm -hmm. And they are like, I don't think a lot of the times like they represent the the tone of how people are feeling. And I don't know how seriously people actually take like I'm sure there are people who like take it seriously, but like most people are like, yikes, go away. Yeah. We, and I wonder if that we live in a culture where we question everything. Yeah. Or at least we do. But and I wonder if that's how people in the UK feel where it's like the tabloids. 
But if they were such a I joke, like why would the um, royal family like bring them into the fold? Work with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yes, it did me a better understanding of that. And also like some of the um, media stories that really were so offensive, even the stuff about like her dad. Um, and, and I thought that the thing with the, the niece, the long lost niece was just such was an interesting, so like fascinating case study period, because it's like, this is her friend. It's hard and weird to explain, especially considering she doesn't, she's not friends with her half sister or her talk mom. to her half sister and the half sister's not coming to the wedding. And so like, that is something that requires like a long explanation, which we get in this documentary for like me to understand why the niece would be at the wedding. But considering they don't talk to the media, there's no opportunity to explain that. And instead mm-hmm. we would be like, oh, she's clearly close with that side of her family and the sister, you know, is on is the right. outs. So I just felt like an example like that was a perfect way of us seeing how like something could look one way, but really be another way. No. And like the way that they had to uninvite that niece was so sad and like, she's still not over it. Yeah. And I wonder what their relationship is now. I know. Also, so I felt like some stuff was like a little hypocritical. I felt like, you know, she was saying that she had no introduction into royal ways in royal life and I do Mm -hmm. feel like if I wanted to go to an etiquette class and learn about how to do things in a royal way like I could book that you know so it's a little bit like no you uh, Jackie your husband who's a prince could get someone to come to the house it's a little bit like taking the initiative but it's also on Harry to have done that for her to even to know because she doesn't even know there's things she doesn't know so okay maybe why is she rolling up to brunch with the queen and he's like wait do you know how to curtsy like practice that at home and maybe there were things that about like the dress code that maybe he doesn't know because he's not a woman so I'll allow that but like yeah there's so much that he knows that there's so much protocol and like get her a teacher I think Diana had teachers she had like lessons I just assumed that everyone would but then on the other hand then they have their royal engagement press moment And she called that and she was like, you know, rolling her eyes at it. Like it was an orchestrated reality show. And it's like, well, they, so you mean they tried to prepare you so that they didn't just like send you in there not knowing what you were doing. So it's like, you're complaining when you don't get the prep and then you're rolling your eyes when you do. No, that's a really good point. But I do think on on all of those times, like it really is on Harry to have been like, let's get you a I agree. I think in a lot of ways, Harry like failed Megan on the transition yeah and yes of course like the family should 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 but they don't and they they believe for this like for everyone coming into the family it's a rite of passage they've all been through this like awkward growth transition period and they didn't want to help her because they've all been through it and they feel like you know we did it so you should well, do it not even because so like, really oh, th- you should go through it because we get went through it but because like that's just how it works you will get to the other side especially like once you're a member of the royal family like then there is that level of respect but it's like it, it, you just have to go through this process. Like to, that's just how it is. Not because like, well, we're mad. So you should like, you should be, right. get it too. Also, they definitely tr- tried to draw like a lot of parallels between Diana and Megan. And I just want to say like, I actually don't think that they're similar at all, especially like all that we've know- found out about Diana now, like through the crown documentaries, like Diana was deeply unwell and Diana really became crippled under the pressure of the whole thing. And I actually think, even though she didn't get a lot of time doing it, I actually think Megan maintained like a level of level-headedness and rationale. And she like really stayed true to herself throughout the whole thing. And she stayed close with her mom. And I think her her mom is so much part of the reason why she is so level-headed. 
So I actually don't think that they're similar at all. No, they not, just both got hounded by the media. Not at all. And I, I find those comparisons like kind of cringe. And I feel like that's where people are like, there's a weirdness. Yeah, like Harry's there, like, a, they're just like, they're, they're reaching. There's a weirdness in those comparisons. And I think the biggest difference between them and things that really illustrated like who they are and how they've handled the situation is like Diana came into the role at such a young age where she didn't know herself. She didn't have like friends uh, that, you know, the friends that you have when you're a young girl are different different than your adult friends. She had nobody. And she also like, didn't have a, a, a strong enough sense of self to be able to withstand all of this. Like Megan came into this role. And by the way, Still a huge role, a smaller role than the role that Diana mm-hmm. stepped into because like you are Queen, the spare, yeah. you know, the, uh, William already had his kid. So like yeah. you're, you're, you're not going to have to worry about being queen one day. And she came into it in her 30s. Like she, not only is she uh, of age, but she is clearly mature for her age, even as a, a younger yeah. person. She's so smart. She knows what she wants to do. She's made a life for herself. She knows who her people are. Like she knows who she can trust. It's so different. And I think that that is like the biggest factor in, in some of the women who do or don't have success in the family. It's because you need to have, you need to like be a strong enough person before you join. No. Diana was way too young. And to be with Charles, who is older and doesn't even care, like, and he's just the worst. But like also Megan came no, into it. No, and the it. documentary. Megan, not only is Megan her, her own whole person, she has Harry who loves her, who would do anything for her, who will choose her yeah. over everyone every single time, where Charles will choose everyone else over Diana every single time. No, and the documentary did a really good job of illustrating like how full her life was before this. Like she had amazing friends, amazing family, an amazing career. Like she was passionate. She was well-traveled. And you're right. Like I do think she was actually like primed. It was going to be hard. It was going to be hard no matter what. But she was in like a better position than most women who enter that family to succeed. Yes. Especially because like the work that they have you do, some of it, is exactly the work that, it's she work that she loves to, that she wants to be doing. I think they also do a lot of unfabulous work. As the documentary said, they do yeah. 2,000 to 3,000 royal engagements a year. Like a lot of it is like not even, you know, the walkabouts that get photographed. It's like, go, no, it's like touring a milk factory. You need a handful of people and there's no cameras. Right. You know, I guess when cameras are around, like even though it's so invasive, like a lot of times it makes things a little more glam. Like, okay, I'm getting my picture taken. Yep. And, like this is going to be a moment. I'm going to sell out this code. Okay. But like yeah. I'm going to tour the milk factory for what? No. And I have to get all dressed up. No, 100%. I did find it interesting that like she was so like anxious about wearing a similar color to any of the other senior royals. That, like she would always just wear beige or white. And that actually like makes sense because she was constantly wearing like a nude palette. Agreed. But I thought that was intentional because that's like the style. Look at my, the bar. Sweatshirt. And it's stunning. It's, it's stunning. And, and I feel like for the last few years, that's where everything is trending towards like sad beige, but yeah. on adults, it's not sad. And I actually loved her Royal style, most of it. And it made me, they, they showed the, like the sad beige stuff. And then they showed the dress that she was going to wear to that gala. It was like orange. Was it the big red poofy thing? Yeah. The big yeah. red gooey fish. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it. Hate. And yeah. Hate. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah. I just honestly, it was was just like, that was a weird scene. Everyone like watching her try on this big ugly dress. Totally. I am now left with the question of like, what is their life now? 
because like to be honest and I and I don't mean this in a negative way like I'm not trying to be mean because I'm actually like I am a reformed hater like I'm not a hater anymore um I don't really feel like any of what they do now really provides value or meaning for their subjects you know what I mean like I don't really know what their impact is now like they're known and, and they do like and they put out you know kids content and and they go to all these events but honestly like I don't really know what what they're doing now yeah anytime they go to an event I'm just like why are you there like on the one hand, they're like too big to go to these small things. And on the other hand, they're right. too small to go to some of these things. Like that's just like me walking like or you just walking into like an army base and like expecting people to like drop what they're doing. Like who cares? Well, it does go without saying like if there is like a toaster heavy army base, I would absolutely love to come and sing a few songs for you no, guys. I, no, no, no. But that's a thing that like celebrities, performers, entertainers yes. do like the USO tours and they go and they entertain yep. our troops. What are they doing? No, totally. Are they going to sing? They should. That would make more sense. Just like what? You're and just I'm like sure, there to chat? I'm sure that when we Can watch anybody part just two, walk onto an army base and try and no, like boost no. morale? No, no. You can't be like, hey, I'm a magician. Can I come? No, or no. like, hey, I want to talk to the military. No. Oh, no, and then them doing like you. the vaccine stuff at the UN. Like, What? Yeah, no, it's like, you know what? what? And I'm sure we'll. What credentials do you have to make any of this relevant to anyone? No, by the way, even when everyone was out here promoting the vaccine, I don't even remember them talking about oh, no, it. So they what were is like, that footage they from? Were, they were going hard. Oh, well, you know what? I think in part two, like we will really find out like why the, the idea of them going back is not. No, not that's ever. not a, even a thing. In part two, we'll find but out. At this juncture, at part two, we'll I feel find like out, you need to go back. No, part two, we'll find out why they had to leave. There, there's yeah. no going back. And I also feel like the sit down with Oprah was much more centered on bashing the family. And I feel like they are changing their tune a little bit to make it yeah. the media. But also, Jackie, it's important to note that like allegedly Harry and Meghan are very unhappy with the documentary, with the director specifically. But that's probably just because people aren't, most of the things that I've seen written about it are very critical, even from American media, which is so favorable Loves towards them. them. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. I don't know what in the documentary, like I would even have had them take out. I think it's just like the way they come. I think it's the fact that there's a documentary in general. Like you don't even need to watch it to just you know be what? like, what are you doing and why are you doing this? And like, if it's the media Honestly? and the fanfare that you guys hate, then if you lived a smaller life, eventually, yes, yeah, still people would go and take your picture and people will always care about you. But you keep making yourself bigger stars by doing all of these things. No, and can I tell you that I have a theory? Mm -hmm. I feel like when they got out of Dodge, they had you know no idea what their future held. They know they needed like a big house. They needed all this 24-7 security. And they signed a bunch of deals like to the first people who would ask, who would offer. And I feel like we heard about their Netflix deal like right after they left. I feel like they got themselves a deal almost immediately just to get paid to live. And now they're like stuck with this thing that they agreed to do three years ago. And that's why I feel like they're unhappy with the director. Because why? 
because they agreed to this thing like when they were desperate like three years ago they were leaving or whatever they it was could, they, could, they were leaving they needed money they can make anything for netflix they have carte blanche it doesn't say it doesn't say it has are to you be sure yes like i, I haven't mm. read their contract but like every time the netflix deal is talked about it's like kids shows documentary they're making like right. earth type stuff mental health like yeah they can do whatever they want and if they said we're not doing something like this or they could even do a documentary harry and megan and it followed them on a service tour and we never heard, you know what i mean like yeah. no one is making them do anything yeah that's true okay i don't i just feel like I feel like at this point, American media has been very favorable towards them, but like people are getting fatigued by the constant pleas for privacy while also putting out a podcast and putting out a documentary. Like I think people are starting to kind of get over them. And I think it would really, really, really behoove them to take a nice Ariana Grande sized nap. Like they, they need, they need a major break from public life. What's crazy is they've had a major break from public life. Like during COVID, remember we thought they would be like at the Met Gala, mm. like they yeah there were so many times where like we expected them to show up and they didn't and now I feel like it's a full court press and it's like well that's not what we want to see expected and that's not really congruous with some of the complaints that we thought you guys and also did you see how people are saying well if you wanted privacy why'd you do a docuseries and now they're saying like yeah. it wasn't about privacy we never said that also what's what also saying. so weird to me is when they left like they said they were moving to Canada and literally five minutes later they were in Hollywood and if like, if you yeah, want to no. live like a smaller, less demanding life, like you go to Hollywood. No, by the way, Jackie, literally Harry didn't even go to Canada. Megan was there by herself. And I think they met in California. Like they never know you. But, but also devil's advocate is like California is also the perfect place to live a small life because everyone there is trying to live a small life. Like they live in Montecito, which is like where Ellen lives. Like it's these, you know, spacious estates where everyone is trying to just like hunker down. So like it is very, it is very sceny, but it's also like low key in a, in a way. Yeah. I guess I liked the documentary on its own, just watching it. But then when I like take it and apply it to like their actual actions over the last five years, I'm like, I'm, these are four different people. Yeah, no, totally. You know, so I'm really, totally. I really am curious to see what the next three parts holds because still I don't understand why they absolutely had to leave, why there wasn't a way to make something work between them. And I'm sure that like the queen would have been flexible if they were like, we're going to go live six months here, six months there. We'll see. But that scene, there was two things that like stuck out to me. One, the Diana, not the comparisons, but like the scenes with Diana like as a mom and like Harry as a baby yeah oh my god I thought they were like so emotional for some reason I just like never I just I don't know it, it showed like a time that I've never seen of all of them and it was just like so sweet I agree and I think that like harks back to what we were saying what I was saying last week about how sometimes I forget that Diana was William's mom too yeah um because Harry and Diana like definitely had like a special relationship. I think Diana gave him like more attention and more love because he was like the spare. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, for me, that's what was reflected in the footage. But I think also it's just in their nature. Like I think William is more reserved and Harry is more emotional. Like when he said, I'm my mother's son, I'm like, yeah. And that's just, that's not even, yeah. you know, a, but it also is perfect because that's the roles that they're born into and they're each really suited for it. William is suited to be the heir and Harry is suited to be like the emotional spare who can take risks and do what he wants to do. Totally. 
So so I'm ready for part I two. Know, but even when though, are like, we my God, after, after three parts, after three parts, we still don't like have get to Meg's it. Like, come on, take longer. When does it come out? Thursday night. Maybe Thursday day. Maybe Shit. we could watch it Thursday night and recap it Friday because I would really like to put finish the year. Yeah, finish the year and and, and okay. know know where we stand. Same. Just crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy times. Girl. Are you ready for our next story? If it's the next story, that's brought to you by Skylight Frame. Mm. Tis. Thank you. Skylight Frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It's a very special gift for the special people in your life, so you've got to check out the Skylight Frame. It's a great way to feel close to those you love, even when you're separated. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect your wireless network, and enjoy. Sending photos to the Skylight is effortless. Everyone in the family can use the app or just email them to the Skylight, and they'll pop up in seconds. This is such a thoughtful gift. It is the best thing to get for someone, and if you're worried about someone in your life who's not really technologically savvy and you want to get this for them it is so easy to set up um it takes less than a minute even a non-tech person can do it and then you can have like a bunch of people in your life sending photos to gran or granny um and it's really special it is uh also beautiful so it's timeless it's a black frame with a white mat so it adds a beautiful touch to your house the vibrant touchscreen display lets you swipe through photos you can even tap to heart it and let the person who sent the photo know that you loved it. They have two size options, either the original 10-inch or the new large 15-inch frame, and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Now, as a special offer, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com, enter code TOAST. That's right, $15 off your purchase of a Skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com, enter code TOAST, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com, promo code TOAST. Great. Our next story, Katie Holmes brings back the controversial Y2K trend at Jingle Ball 2022. So Katie Holmes went viral this weekend because she wore um, a crazy fucking outfit to Jingle Ball. It included... um. The like dress, a mini dress, like over a pair of jeans, light wash jeans and boot cut cut and black sneakers. And she as the Internet in a tizzy, people are very unhappy with what this might signal. Well, the thing is, is like we're all very much embracing Y2K style. And like Katie Holmes uh, she, did take, she it, she too took far. it too far. She took it too far, but she also did it like it's really poorly executed. Like I actually think like the concept of like a mini dress over jeans, like, yeah, while it's weird, somebody if done right could have like Addison Ray could have made it cool for a moment. Katie Holmes, I'm sorry, this is the meanest thing I've ever said, is far too old to be acting like this, first of all. Second of all, the sneakers, the ill-fitting jeans and the tube top that's like laying weird on her. It's so poorly done. Um, and I'm sorry, she looks like a clown. Yeah, it's really terrible. The sneakers are, for me, the worst part. And then, of course, the jeans. I actually really like the top um, with even just, like, not trying to bring back Y2K, just, like, with tights or or pants. I think it would be awesome. Um, but this is really horrible. And I I think that, actually, this won't bring back this trend. I think it's, like, a cautionary tale. And I think mm-hmm. Katie Holmes is actually doing everyone a service. It's like, okay, you guys, enjoy your low-rise jeans and, like, Y2K. your belly shirts. But 
But let's not take this too far. It no, and badly. I do remember a moment in time where like Katie Holmes was like a stylish queen. Like she was living in New York, iconic trench coats, like really this elegant, classy, timeless style. And I don't know how you go from that to this. And I'm, I'm actually concerned about Katie Holmes. Like I think this was a I cry know. for help. I, like I genuinely think she got dressed in the dark. I don't <laughs> think there was a... St- <laughs> I don't think there was a stylist involved. I or, should like, hope the not. The stylist left like laid out two outfits for her: one like the blue top with whatever, and then like a pair of jeans. No, for, like the like, blue top the with like a pair store. of like BBs, and then the jeans with a t-shirt for the next morning. Yeah, for yeah, and she like got confused, <laughs> and she ran out of the house. And also, like, why the fuck is Katie Holmes at Jingle Ball? So that's what I'm saying. Like the whole. I think she also like went to the wrong event. event. Like she <laughs> got in the outfit. wrong Uber outside of her building. One was for the 14-year-old girl who lives beneath her, whose parents are really rich and who got her, like, iconic tickets to Jingle Ball. And the other was to go, she should be going to, like, you know, a gala, a restaurant, a gallery opening, you know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, between the outfit, the event, the hair, everything, Katie Holmes is not okay. Katie Holmes is confused. Katie Holmes is deeply confused. And so am I. But at least she united everyone in knowing yeah, that true. we don't want this back. No, honestly, Heather McDonald posted the funniest thing. Did you see? I saw she dressed in the outfit. And she was like, oh, my God. Literally, everyone is copying me. First, first Meghan Markle, who decides to start a podcast and move to California. And now Katie Holmes. I literally wore this outfit yesterday. She's, it was so funny. I think the way people are reacting to this is like, it's funny and they're not being mean. It's like, you know, in jest. Yeah. Yeah, but I do really like the blue top. I just want to say. I don't. It's like, it's the least ugly thing on her, but it's by no means like cute. No, I think it's pretty. Like if Ari was wearing it with like those big Valentino Mary Janes and tights. Okay. So cute. So cute. Because Ari's short, so it'd be like long enough on her. Yeah, it just looks like the slip dress that like everyone's wearing now, you know? Sabrina Carpenter. Sabrina Carpenter is an icon. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Some crazy news. Patti LaBelle was rushed off stage during a Milwaukee concert due to a bomb threat. Oh, my God. Did you see this video? No. Patti LaBelle was rushed off stage at her concert in Milwaukee on Saturday night amid a bomb scare. Social media videos taken by audience members at the Riverside Theater show LaBelle crying as three men pushed her mic stand away and got her off stage while she was talking to the crowd. One of the staff members could be seen grabbing her arm grabbing her by the arm and forcing her to drop a bouquet of flowers she was holding as they escorted her away with no explanation. The singer's band members quickly followed behind while puzzled puzzled concert goers were heard asking what happened. Organizers later confirmed the show had been halted and ultimately postponed due to a major security threat. The theater group said that her show has been postponed following a bomb threat investigated by the Milwaukee Police Department. After she was removed from the stage, authorities evacuated everyone else from the theater. They're continuing to investigate the incident per a police statement. Hmm. I have, like, something kind of weird to say. Okay. Like, the way that, like, I, I can't explain. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like, so the band and Patty get escorted. There's a bomb threat. The bomb is threatening to everyone. A bomb will blow up a building. Um, and like the people like just sit there and then they get evacuated. Like, does that seem kind of weird? I don't know what the time between them leaving the stage and the crowd being evacuated was like, was it Patty literally goes side stage and then they're like, 
there's a bomb threat. Like they also need to maintain, I don't, like they don't want it to be chaos. No, no one life is more important than the other, but like you don't want Patty up there being like, first of all, someone telling Patty there's a bomb threat. So Patty has to tell everyone and like, People go into a tizzy. Like there needs to maintain no, some, sort some of order. order. No, I understand, but just like hearing that and being like, once Patty was safe, we got everyone else out, you know? Like she yeah. is a celebrity. Yeah. Like, so I like, and maybe the bomb was like being thrown at her. I don't know. But like, it does yeah. feel like you're right. Like, no life is more valuable than the other because, you know, you might be famous, but when we're all six feet under, we're all equal. The death is the great equalizer. We're all just flesh and bones. So that's interesting. But, yeah, I hope they investigate and find out yeah, like, what the fuck that is. The fuck. The fuck. What? It's just crazy. Yeah, no, that's like a bomb threat. It's like not okay. No. So now are you ready for our next story, which is a little more positive musical news? <laughs> positive musical news? Yeah. It's PMN. Mean Girls, the musical movie cast is totally fetch. See who's playing Regina, Katie, and more. You guys, there's an upcoming film version based on the Broadway musical of Mean Girls, which is based on the movie of Mean Girls, which is actually based on a book. Is it? The movie, yeah, now that I remember, the book Mean Girls was based on a book called like something about bees, Queen Bee. How interesting. Based on Queen Bees and Wannabes, yep. Interesting. So it was a book turned into a movie, turned into a musical, turned back into a movie musical exactly but the book queen bees and wannabes is from 2002 it focuses on the ways in which girls in high schools form cliques and on patterns of aggressive teenage girl behavior and how to deal with them so it's nonfiction, right it's like a psychological no like a it's like a like a science book yeah i wonder what the actual category is but that is such like a well that's so interesting so i mean mean girls the musical was so popular i didn't see it but like it had like a cult following um, and that's how we got Renee Rapp, who's in Sex Lives of College Girls. That's how we got Ashley, um, who plays, what's her name on Emily in Paris, the best friend who's a singer. I think her name is Renee or something. No, but I know who you're talking about. So we, we've got some like amazing season. actors out of it. Yeah, well, this film version will star Andrew Rice, Renee Rapp, who was in the Broadway Musical version. As and Regina. She'll be Regina. She's from Sex Lives of College Girls. Also, Aluli Cravalho, who sang on Moana. Oh. The soundtrack. She was Moana. Uh-huh. The voice of her. And Jacquel Spivy as Katie. So Kate, I... Oh, no. Katie. Okay. Andrew Rice is Katie. Renee Rapp is Regina. Aluli Cravalho is Janice. And Jacquel Spivy is Damien. Okay. Um, I actually, like, I'm down for this. Like, I feel like I never saw the musical and people are obsessed with it and it was said to be have been really, really good. And Renee Rapp is amazing. And I'm actually like really excited for this. Yeah, me too. Is now I'm Tina like, Fey uh, involved? Like was she, in, I think she was involved in the Broadway version. She must be. Yes, it will be written and produced by her. Oh. And featuring music from her husband and lyrics from Nell Benjamin, who also worked on the Broadway musical. And SNL creator Lauren Michaels is on board as a producer. So there's really no reason why this should flop. Wow, literally, like, Tina Fey stays milking the Mean Girls cow. Like, she has made so much money. I mean, I feel like Mean Girls, at least for me, like, really put her on the map um, as, like, a, a serious 
not only behind the scenes, like, and not only actor, but also behind the scenes. She was like a producer and a writer. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, like her career has been like so much different than like her fellow SNL compadres and fellow 30 Rock castmates. And she, this is just a train that doesn't stop going. Yeah, it's really crazy. Then after this, it'll probably be a book again. Yeah. And then back to Broadway. Yeah. What else could they do with it? TV show. Yeah. And then they could do miniseries. Maybe like our kids will. This could be. Yeah, like our kids will have like a different Mean Girls. And we're going to be like classic old moms being like, ah, you know, the original with Lindsay Lohan is really the best one. Yeah. That's like a star is born. Right. like a new movie for every generation. Right. Like our star. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm excited. Excitement excites me. I'm feeling feelings of excitement. (laughs) That's great. Um, and then our fifth and final story is the name on everyone's lips, White Lotus. Yes. Finale last night. Are you going to watch it? I am going to watch it. So I will be unplugging my earbuds while you let everyone know your thoughts. Goodbye, guys. So the finale was last night. We finally found out who died. And I feel like if you were watching like a lot of theories on TikTok, a lot of people had guessed that Quentin and Greg were like somehow linked and they were going to, you know, kill her for the money on the prenup. Now, I just want to say, I thought all in all, this was like a good season of a show. But when you compare it to the first season where like every character ended up like being linked and all the storylines made sense, I kind of felt like a little disappointed in in who ended up dying. I feel like the way that like that hotel concierge ended up dying last time was like so crazy and random and weird. And this one, I don't know, it just felt like meh. And the fact that like she died after is actually so Tanya because she's like incapable of doing anything. And the fact that she actually killed those guys and defended herself is a miracle. But her, you know, just trying to escape after everyone's already dead and then like hitting her head on the edge of the boat is so Tanya. Um, I felt like my overall takeaway from the ep- from the series was like how much I fucking hated absolutely everyone. Most specifically, the Italian guys, you know who I'm talking about? Like the ones who were on a family, you know, vacation with the grandpa, the dad, and the son. The son who ended up giving the hooker $50,000. I fucking hated this man. He was such a loser. When that hooker like left him, I was so happy because I was like, you know what? Some lessons young people need to learn the hard way. And you just got taken by a hooker to give you her 50 grand. You're a loser. So I love to see that. Those hookers were also really bothering me too. Cause also, um, I don't know why they had to wait a whole week to get Theo James to give them their money. Like, um, have you heard of like Venmo or the cash app? It was really frustrating. Um, but I did like that piano girl. Like she helped the hotel concierge, like find her sexuality. I thought that was nice. Um, but overall, like I was just hating everyone. Like I hated Aubrey Plaza and her fucking husband. Like, I loved Daphne and her husband, but like the other two, like they were so drab and like always being so negative. My God. And she's depressed. And then he's depressed and he's cheating. And then she's cheating. Like, my God, shut the fuck up. Like how fucking annoying are these people? Um, so the, the series was just filled with like a lot of people I fucking hated. I also hated that girl, Isabella, like the front desk concierge. I know she had a minor role, but I was just like fucking hating everyone. But I didn't hate Theo James. I didn't hate Daphne. I didn't hate... I didn't hate the grandpa from the Italian family. 
I don't know. I just felt like first season was way better. I hated fucking Portia. Oh my God. I forgot about her because she was like kidnapped. Hated fucking Portia. Like what the fuck was that outfit she was wearing? And she ended up wearing it for like 48 hours straight because that guy like wouldn't let her go back to the palazzo. But like that skirt and that t-shirt and that bag, like jail. Jail for you, Italian jail for all of you. And that's what you get when you leave the nice man for the renegade. Whatever. Honestly, I feel like I don't even have that many thoughts. Like, Loki, like, wasn't that good. Can everyone agree or no? That's just me. Jax, I'm back. Oh, my God, bitch. Look the fuck up. She's back. Okay. Take longer to put your headphones in. Oh, wow. Take longer. Okay. Take longer. Things didn't go well? No, they Things did. Go um, over at the I don't, right don't want to, I don't want to tell you, you know, without telling Don't you. influence how I yeah. feel about it. Um, so we still have a little TV recap because I'm all caught up on Yellowstone. I know you have a lot to catch up on Yellowstone. So you're all caught up. No, no, sorry. Like I'm, I'm not, made further headway. I made a headway. You are all caught up on Yellowstone after two weeks. So let's dive into the TV recap. If that's the end of the stories, is it? It is the end of the stories. Well, TV recap is brought to you by Modern Fertility. Knowledge is power. And when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. There are many big decisions that, there aren't many bigger decisions than having a kid, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. But that's why Modern Fertility was created, an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your results within six days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than the average woman your age, other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results will go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Traditional hormone tests at a fertility clinic can cost over $600. But Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash toast30, you can get $30 off your test. Plus, you can get reimbursed through your FSA or your HSA. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash toast30. This is a limited time offer for $30 off. That means your test will cost $149. Hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash toast30. That's modernfertility.com slash toast30. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Perfect Bar. Don't go nuts this holiday season. Fuel yourself with Perfect Bar, the original refrigerated protein bar. Made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods, Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars too that are so good and good for you. You'll be sure to find something you love. My favorite is the dark chocolate chip peanut butter with sea salt, with the sea salt perfect bar. Um, something about dark chocolate in the fridge with sea salt is like an immaculate level of taste. And you just, you have to experience it to know, you know? It is so delicious and it's definitely a go-to here at the studio. I keep them in the fridge. They have a cookie dough texture that's creamy and full of flavor and they're unlike any other bars out there. Now they come in snack size and they're packed with six grams of proteins and 150 calories. A little will go a long way with these. Perfect Bar knows that it will be love at first bite, so for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar. It'll go directly into your Venmo or to your PayPal account, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash toast, get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. Jax, what is your favorite flavor perfect bar? You mean the 
perfect bar. The perfect bar. Um, so what's so funny is that last week I was like, oh, Claude, that's so surprising that you like the dark chocolate mm-hmm. one. And then I had one for my fridge yesterday. And I remember describing as the ones that I like as being like cookie dough. But I was like, you know what? What's the actual official flavor that I do like? So I could share it next time we were talking. And it's that dark chocolate peanut butter one. So we are so simpatico because that's each of our favorite flavors. And I wasn't wrong about it being semi cookie dough because that is the consistency. But the dark chocolate peanut butter one is my go to. Okay. So do you want to start with Yellowstone up-to-date recap and then I chime in being like an irrelevant ugly or no let's start in chronological order with what you watch so I finished season three last night and then I immediately watched season four um it was the attack of the Duttons you know Casey got attacked at his office Beth's office was blown up John Dutton was shot on the side of the road and big shocker uh, everyone's alive um not that I wanted anyone to be dead but like it's I'm starting to like I can only suspend disbelief for so long. Like one, that people in Montana will just kill as many people as they want without ever having any consequences. And two, like the Duttons are going to continually get shot and um, they're not going to die. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a little too convenient. Yeah. I mean, it is a television show, but yeah. So now I just want to know on the whole, like, how do you feel about the show Yellowstone? Like, are you obsessed and in love? Oh yeah. Like I went to bed thinking about it. I dreamed about it. Um, Rip dug up his mother's body to get a ring to give to Beth and I just simply passed away in that moment. I mean, it was like kind of weird how like, like the body was just like green and like chilling there. And then like he took it off of her and like was talking to the dead body and like wasn't even covering his mouth. Like decomposed bodies are like literally the most foul smelling shit on the planet. Like and he was like touching her and he was like, love you mama. Like it was sweet, but like a little weird. Decomposing bodies. Yeah. Like a dead body that's like freshly dead as it rots it smells bad but a pile of bones isn't smelly but it wasn't a pile of bones that's what I'm saying she was like fully intact okay but like she was embalmed but still you get smelly I'm not I literally I can safely say I don't know yeah I don't know either gotta ask Portia um so here's where so I you love the show. So I love, I love, said love. To you, like season season one is like is good and it's good TV. You'll like it. And season two, it's like, oh, this is a really good show. But like by season three, you're like, I would die for this show. I no, would die for these people. I have been like in love with the show since season two because Beth and Rip like really were starting there and like they were sitting on the stars and like they were being funny. I have been obsessed like since season two. And do you love Beth now? Because you were being so mean to her season one. I wasn't being mean to her. I just thought she was like a no, little no, aggressive. No, she was a little much. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like, like now, I get, like it's a necessary evil. I love Beth, even though like some of the shit that comes out of her mouth is so wild. I love Beth. I love Rip. I, I like John. I'm not going to lie. I don't love John. He's like a little um, like negative. I would seriously with my own two hands kill Jamie. I love spoiler you were alert. Jamie. Oh my god! I oh my god! I watched one episode and I said he's a good lawyer. Like literally, you need to get a grip. You need to get a grip. He is such a loser. And when I found out that he was spoiler alert adopted, like everything made sense. Oh, and I did find out the reason why Beth hates him so much. And I just want to say, like everything she's ever done to him is completely justified. It's um, not enough. It's not enough. He's such an evil cretin, and he wasn't even apologetic. Like, okay, I understand. Like. You know, you were a kid. You were put in a difficult position. Like, you made a mistake. So you want to apologize? Like, you know what? I actually might have it in my heart to forgive you. Um, but the way, like, you are mad at her for being mad at you, like, you're mentally ill. You're not fucking okay. Yeah. Also, um, keep watching. Season four is a roller coaster for Jamie. 
So I also have had a change of heart on Casey because like I actually found him to be so fucking annoying and kind of ugly. Now I think he's like kind of hotter than Rip. Like he's actually like the strong silent type. Like I actually think he's really, really handsome. And, you know, he's starting to see like why this job is actually perfect for him. He loves being livestock commissioner. They just said to him, we want you to run for governor. Like he's really meant for this. And of course, Monica's bitching and nagging like a good wife should. But I feel as confident that they'll work it out. I actually really like Casey. He's turning into one of my favorites, even though I didn't even like him in the beginning. And I actually find him like really attractive, like so much so like maybe even more than Rip. Like, but Rip, I, I love his wow. personality. Like Casey's personality fucking sucks. They're both handsome. You know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick either of them out of bed, you know? You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to choose. <laughs> I don't have to choose, but like, I feel like I'm being disloyal because I've been such a rip girly and I am a rip girly. But, you know, don't count out the Casey, you know? Yeah, Casey's solid. Also, as far as we know, like he's really who the legacy hinges on. Yes. So we need him to be good. But then, you know, John was in the hospital and Beth finds this like twisted teenager. Wayward boy. Wayward kid sitting on a bench. His dad is about to die of a heroin and he's like alone in this world. And I'm like, oh, adopt. Tate will have a friend. Beth and Rip can have a child. Um, and I never heard from that kid again, but I don't think it'll be the last time we see him. But Jamie got that political hooker pregnant and... We never heard from her again. Where is she? Is she going to show up with a child? You'll see her again. Yeah, I mean, they, there's no way they would just leave that storyline totally yeah, empty. We will see her again. Okay. Um, so all in all, loving the journey. Ben and I, I, I said last week that by today I'd be finishing all caught up, but that was because I fully intended to move forward without Ben. But he loves it so much. And it's, you know, it's actually been a nice thing for us to have together. So for the sake of my marriage, I have decided to wait. He would be so mad. So. Okay, that's fine. I'm I can be patient. And is there anything that you want to like say to me and the, or the, the listeners? Yeah. Been to, like waiting for years to for you, you to watch. To you, I'd like to say the platform is now yours. You can do your recap and I'll take my headphones off. Bye, guys. Wow. Wench. <laughs> When she, you guys have been here the whole time while I begged her to watch it, told her how much she would love it. I'm going to spend my entire time with her off the headphones, like talking about how frustrating it is to try and get this bitch to watch something that I know she's going to love. I digress. I caught up on the last two episodes of Yellowstone. And it, what's interesting is because what Claudia was just saying, how like so much of the show is unbelievable. I feel like we're getting to a place in the show where like nothing is happening and I love it. Like it's not about the drama. It's not about the storyline or the plot. It's just about like watching characters that you love and watching a show that you love. And like the day in the episode last night, like the day in the meadow with the cattle and like everyone just having the best day of their lives. They like just go off and show like what John did napping. Literally John napped under a tree. Beth and Rip discovered a meadow like these were the plots and it was so beautiful and glorious and I really don't need anything of note to happen on the show obviously Jamie has other plans for me with his new wench that he has bedded and he's so fucking dumb because obviously she's I think that she's um wants to make him governor wants to oust John but like she's not going to be ride or die for Jamie obviously this girl is like extremely conniving so he's a moron he is the villain 
And it's so crazy. One person will give him like one morsel of the confidence and say like one nice thing to him. And he is theirs for, well, for a minute because he's so fucking disloyal. Anyways, I thought the episode on the ranch was just so amazing and beautiful when that man passed away under the tree. It was like sad, but then it wasn't because a cowboy couldn't dream of a more peaceful death. And that's about it. I watched the episode before. I can't remember what happened. Beth and Rip are just giving us like literally everything and we're seriously not deserving when he had the flask for her and the cigarettes. It was just the cutest thing. And she was like, you don't have to work so hard. I'm still going to blow you. They're just so hysterical. The lines really, the lines between them are getting so great. Some of the lines on the writing on the show is like really so good. And some of it you could tell is like trying too hard. I feel like sometimes when Beth is being like, even when she was talking to Summer, it's just like a little much, but I'm glad that Beth and Summer have reached a detente. But when John and Rip were having a conversation before the cattle drive, where they, like John was saying how the world is run by cowards, it was just so fucking on point. I wish I could have highlighted it. And it was just like how, you know, Beth has this instinct to fight. And like right now, like actually strength is not a symbol of strength. It's just like who can complain and blame. Like that is the person who's in a position of power. It was just really interesting. So loved it love our show every season it changes I feel like last season it was like cowboy porn even though last night's episode was cowboy porn but like this season is just like characters you love like really exploring them and not worrying so much about the storyline in the airport we're just like having a great time in Montana back to Claudia you're done I'm done and so are we that is our show a nice hour and a half long episode Oh, wow. My memory card's going to expire. I know. Um, anything else we want to say, catch up on, talk about? I started uh, my book for my book club, Flicker in the Dark, which you read for your book club. And everyone in my book club is listening to the Redheads episode after they finish the book. And what are they saying about our show? Killer. Killer. It really is a killer show. And all I'll say is a little Redheads excitement. The final round of Redheads Book of the Year voting will start today on the Redheads Instagram. It's Reader's Choice. We're voting which is the best book of the year. The top three are going to be Lessons in Chemistry, Flicker in the Dark, and Girls with Bright Futures, three books which you will have read, McClardia. Oh my God. Not me feeling included. What would you vote as your number one? Well... I liked Girls with Bright Futures better than Lessons in Chemistry. I actually fucking hated Lessons in Chemistry now that I've had some time to think about how fucking stupid it was. Um, so okay. now Great. now I just need to finish Flicker in the Dark. I'm only 20% through. But I have a feeling my friends in my book club said that it was amazing. I have a feeling it'll be better than Girls with Bright Futures. But I actually really liked Girls with Bright Futures. Try and finish it in time to vote in the final round. Make your voice okay. heard. Uh, we'll make my voice heard. Hashtag get out the vote. Don't forget to make a plan. Make a plan, bring a snack, and then head over to the Redheads Instagram to vote for Best Book of the Year. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Toast, the Monday Morning Show, where we deliver the fast stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, please don't subscribe, give us a video, thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts. Oh my God, the biggest wet, Jade. Oh, that felt so good. We're also available as a podcast. I have the biggest wet, <laughs> We're also available as podcasts anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, Castbox, all the places. Whoever you listen to podcasts, find us the toast and leave a five star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Have an amazing, incredible Monday, rise and grand, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>